This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you for your giving. We appreciate it. Just before we get into the lesson, I want to comment about something. Of course, everybody's familiar with the coronavirus, right? Everybody's hearing about that. I'll read you a scripture here. I'm going to refer, read one, I'm going to refer to another one because it's longer and I won't read it. But in Isaiah chapter 8, listen to this. Do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. And do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. Now here's the thing, you know. There's, you know, you hear so much about it. Everywhere you look, you're hearing about the coronavirus. You're hearing about this. You're hearing about how it's going to disrupt everything and shut down cities and shut down the economy and all that. Listen, don't buy into all that stuff. Not everything that's a conspiracy is a conspiracy. That's what God says. Amen. And don't fear what they fear. Amen. Yeah, use common sense, but don't be afraid. Don't go into panic mode. And I suggest this. Of course, most of you will know this. Psalm 91, I'm telling you, that's the best inoculation you can give yourself. Amen. You ought to to be declaring Psalm 91 over you and your home and your family. And then go out and live your life. Don't be bound up by fear. Amen. Don't be caught up in all the things that people want to say, you know, all kind of conspiracies and this and that and the other and on, you know. Amen. i tell you what, I've learned this. God's always the smartest person in the room. Yeah, I know there's some smart people, you know, up there in government and some good people up there. But I'm telling you what, none of them are smarter than God. If he says, don't fear, don't get caught up in all this conspiracy and all this fear stuff, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what God says. All right. Well, that's all extra and free. So, <laughs> Anybody know what we're talking about? Unraveling life's mystery. And we said, you know, there are three things, uh, you know, other things too, but three very important things that we're going to look at in relation to this. And the first one is what is to know the Holy Spirit. You've got to get to know the Holy Spirit. I mean, he, Jesus said, and this is what we're going to be looking at today in detail, but Jesus said he's a guide. He's a teacher. He's a helper. He's a counselor. He's the one that's going to show us things to come. Wow. Sounds like somebody would really be somebody good to get to know. <laughs> Amen. I want to get to know the person who's in the know. Isn't that right? You know, they talk about in the business world, the movers and shakers. You know, and in the Hollywood, they talk about the star makers. Well, i got news for you. Our God's bigger than all that. He's in the know. Not only about now, but He's in the know about tomorrow, next week, next year, and right on down through eternity. He's in the know. And when you get to know Him, you can be in the know concerning your life. And we said, secondly, that God has a plan. He has a plan. He has an assignment for every one of us. And it's when we find that place and assignment that we are fulfilled. That's the place of God's provision. That's the place of God's peace. That's the place where we are uh, fruitful and productive in our lives. And then thirdly, we said that for every assignment, God's given us seed. We've got to discover it, develop it, use it, plant it as God directs. And we'll talk about that. Today we're going to be talking about... Getting to know the Holy Spirit. And you know, as I mentioned during the offering, you know, our God, Christianity is supernatural. You you cannot get around it. Now, I know a lot of Christians don't live it that way. Most Christians, they got two things that they consider supernatural. When they get saved and when they die and go to heaven. Everything else in between is natural. They live out of their minds. They live according to, you know, just like everybody, every people who aren't even saved. They live, you know, according to their reason all the time, according to their feelings all the time. They never get to know the Holy Spirit. 
So they never live out that assignment in that life. And not only that, never know the peace and the joy and the strength that the Holy Spirit can give you. It's all intellectual. It's all in your mind. And you know, it's important to get our minds renewed. Absolutely, the Bible talks about that. We need to fill our mind with God's Word. But we've got to go further than that. We need to go further than that in worship. We need to go further than our minds in prayer. We need to go further in our minds in, in just believing. We've got to move into the supernatural where God dwells, where really you, you, the real you dwells, because what? You, he that's joined to the Lord is what? One spirit. So whether you know it or not, you're supernatural. It's supernatural. You know, let me just say this too to preface it. You know, sometimes we say supernatural and people will go thinking, you know, you know, talking about ghosts and all that kind of stuff, you know. Only ghost I'm interested in is the Holy Ghost, <laughs> the Holy Spirit. But, you know, but that, that, that's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about God is a spirit. He lives in the realm of the spirit. And we are a spirit. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 20, 27 says that, and I like the way the NIV says it, the human spirit is the lamp of the Lord. So he's going to illumine us. He's going to direct us. He's going to guide us in the realm of the spirit, not the realm of the reason. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> First of all, it's, it's important, as simple as this is, and I know, you know, most of the time my teaching is very simple, very basic, I understand that. But sometimes, you know, you know, we just need to start out with, you know, one plus one equals two sometimes. The first thing about this is you can know the Holy Spirit. You can know Him. Not, not just the great Bible teacher, not just the prophet, not just the apostles, you Little old me and you, regular us, born-again people, we can know the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Romans, turn over to Romans 8. We'll, we'll start there. We've got to start somewhere. We'll start in Romans 8. You can know the Spirit. Romans 8, verse 9, it says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. Wow, is that a revelation to you? <laughs> <laughs> you're not in the realm of the flesh. You know, most Christians, that's, that's the realm they're living in, though. You know, there's some people not in church all over this, this country today because of their flesh. They didn't feel like it. Their flesh didn't feel like it, so the flesh told them to stay home, so they obeyed it. Come on. Some people, you know, giving people a piece of their mind this week because the flesh said do it. Oh, boy, I done gone to meddling now, hadn't I? Let me get back over here. <laughs> you, see, this is, you got to get a hold of this. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. This is what God's saying to the, to the, the, the Christians at Rome. But are in the realm of the Spirit. Let's say that together. I'm, I'm living in the realm of the Spirit. I'm going to let that sink in a minute. Selah. But see, we're so accustomed to living according to our flesh, our minds, our feelings, our appetites, that that's almost hard to grasp for some believers. But nevertheless, it's true. He said, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and he goes on to say, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So if you belong to Christ, you're not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. And if you're not in the realm of the Spirit, it means you don't have the Spirit. And if you don't have the Spirit, then you're not saved. That's what he said, isn't it? But, you know, if we're saved, then, you know, we're saved by the Spirit. The inward man is born again, brand new creature. We know that. The inward man. But now we're to live in that. We, and we have to get to know the Holy Spirit. So the new birth, we could say, is our introduction to the Holy Spirit, to the realm of the Spirit. That's our introduction. And the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a goosebump. He's not a feeling. Now, He can move on you and affect your feelings, but He is not a feeling. He is a person, a personality. 
And he really, this is the truth, he is God in the earth. He is who we're having to do. This is who is here to help us, to teach us, to guide us. This is who we interact with on a day-to-day direct basis is the Holy Spirit. I mean, what would you think about a couple that just, you know, they're just so in love and everything, and they got married, but then they lived in separate houses. They lived in separate houses. Oh, I love Jesus. I got saved. He forgave all my sins. It's wonderful. And then after that, nothing. Just go live our lives. Go to church, you know. You know, sometimes the pastor preaches good. Sometimes he don't. <laughs> and that's how we live our life. We think that's the silliest thing in the world. But there are a whole lot of Christians. That's the way they're living their Christian life. He's a person. The symbols in Scripture reveal his personality. Look over in John chapter 1. Now, you know, this is a big subject that I'm going to cover in a short time. So... <laughs> We're not going to cover everything. But you know what? That's why you have a Bible. That's why you have the Holy Spirit yourself, so that you can get into the book. Listen, don't just be a Sunday Bible reader. Well, I'm on it today, aren't I? I want to help you. I want to help you. But be a, be a daily, 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 daily. I know, I know you got a lot to do, but uh, is anything more important in your relationship with God? If it is, you need to reassess your priorities. Isn't that true? John chapter 1. Let's look at about verse 32. John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on Him. One of the symbols of the Holy Spirit that we see here is as a dove. This, this lets us know the Holy Spirit, you know, He is, a, obviously, since He's God, this may seem like a, you know, a no-brainer, but, you know, He is a very complex personality. On the one hand, as a dove, He is very sensitive. He's easily grieved as a dove, but yet we're going to see that He's also, one of the symbols for Him is like a mighty rushing wind. He can be powerful and forceful. One of the symbols for him is he's fire. You know, in Acts chapter 2, it says, you know, on the day of Pentecost, it said that they heard the sound like a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house. Boy, what would happen if we were sitting here and all of a sudden, you know, inside a building, your lady's got your hair all blown around. (laughs) See, I don't have to worry. I'd look just the same. <laughs> what you laughing at, Bruce? <laughs> you right in there with me, brother. <laughs> but you know, he, he, he is sensitive. He's easily grieved. But yet at the same time, he's powerful. He's like a wind that can blow mightily. He's like a fire that can purify and can purge out all the dross. Can burn off the the things that would bind us and, and, and tie us up. He is the, the God that we deal with in the earth. He's the God that wants to get to know us. He wants us to get to know Him. And I want to know Him in all His personality, don't you? Yes, I want to, that, that intimacy where you just, you know, you just, you just almost melt, you know, in the presence of God. But I want to experience that power where He comes in like a mighty wind. I want the fire of God to burn in my belly, don't you? You say, that don't sound, that sounds kind of crude. Well, I can't help it. That's what the Bible says. In the belly. (laughs) Amen. And then, so we can know the Holy Spirit. We can know Him in all those ways. And turn over to John 10. You're right there. John 10. Jesus is speaking. Notice what he says here, verse 3. He says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. 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 Are you his sheep? 
then you should learn to listen to His voice. The sheep listen to His voice. He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. When He has brought out all His own, He goes on ahead of them, and His sheep follow Him because they know His voice. As long as we follow Him, the Holy Spirit, we know His voice, we follow Him, we're going to be good. But I'm telling you what, if the Holy Spirit goes right and you go left, it's not good. You ever experienced that? It's not, not pleasant, is it, when you get out there and you realize, man, <laughs> somebody took a wrong turn and I think it was me. <laughs> But you know, here's the thing. Let me just say this. You can't learn to know His voice and follow the Holy Spirit without making some mistakes. Amen? Don't wait. See, some people, well, you know, Pastor, I know, you know, now I know, you know, God's supernatural and, and Christianity is supernatural and we don't know His voice. But I'm telling you what, I, 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 I tried what you're talking about one time. Boy, I got myself in a whole bunch of trouble. Well, welcome to the club. Amen. Even the Apostle Paul, when he was starting out in his ministry, says he tried to go over into Asia, and the Holy Spirit said, nah. He tried to go over here, and the Holy Spirit said, nah. He didn't get it right just every time. But here's the thing. A moving car is always easier to steer. If you got your car in park, you ain't going nowhere, honey. I'd rather go, I'd rather take a couple of wrong turns than just spend my life in the driveway of Christianity. <laughs> Amen. I want, I want, I want, I want to experience the voice of God leading me, the Holy Spirit directing me, the Holy Spirit guiding me, because He's going to guide me, we saw, into all truth. And part of that truth is God's assignment for your life. That's where I'm going to glorify God to the greatest. That's where I'm going to be the most useful, the most productive to God. That's where I'm going to be the most fulfilled. That's where God's that God's, the seed that God's put in me is going to begin to come forth and develop and to glorify Him. And not only that, it's going to bless other people. Jesus said, who lights a candle and then puts it under a basket? But see, at the new birth, God lit your candle. Amen. The light of God came in. The life of God came into your spirit. He lit your candle at the new birth. But if we don't learn to, to hear the Holy Spirit and to, and to know Him and to follow His guidance and His teaching, it's as if we put our lamp under a bushel basket. <laughs> How the Holy Spirit speaks. Jesus said he's, we, can, we can know His voice. Say that with me. I can know His voice. It's not just the preachers that can know His voice. It's not just the prophet or the apostle that can know His voice. You, he, Jesus said sheep. He said, my sheep. Are you His sheep? Then you can know His voice. Amen? Because Jesus don't lie, does He? No, He does not. And how does, he, how does the Holy Spirit lead us? Uh, turn back over to Romans chapter 8. We get some insight here. Paul, in verse 14, says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So God expects us to know and experience the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Isn't that right? This is how we're supposed to be led. But many times Christians are led just like everybody else. We're led by our feelings. We're led by the economy. We're led by, our, you know, our, our reasoning. But he said, we're to be led by the Spirit. And, he, you know, we don't have time to get in now, but he, he makes this, Paul makes this comparison. He said in Galatians, he said, those who are led by the Spirit are not understood by those who live in the flesh. They're going to think you're a kook. They're going to think you're a nut. They're going to think, what's going on with you? Well, what's going on with me is, is I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. Amen. If the Holy Spirit says, go over here, I'm going to go over there. When the Holy Spirit says, go over here, I'm going to go over there, aren't you? Thank you for your enthusiasm. Come on. Listen, 
When the whole, a lot of times it's not convenient when the Holy Spirit tells you to do certain things. The Holy Spirit doesn't say, now, if, if this is not too much trouble, if it doesn't upset your life too much, could you go do this? I find, you know, a lot of times, a lot of believers, they believe this on paper. They are theologically sound. But here's the thing. God wants you to be experientially sound. <laughs> Amen. He says, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you've received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Now, notice verse 16. The spirit himself testifies or witnesses with our spirit that we are God's children. So the first way... The main way that God leads us is a what the Bible calls the witness of the Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit is living in you. Are you listening? The Holy Spirit is living in you. That's the first thing. A lot of people don't even... They, they, they're, they're so mindful of their flesh and their mind and, and their circumstances and their environment around them. They never really... I mean, yeah, you agree with me because you see it in the Bible. But... Do you know that the Holy Spirit's living in you? Do, do you fellowship with Him? Do you, do you know? How do you know? I mean, go, let's, let's, let's just for a moment. Now, we know doctrinally from the Scriptures, you could probably tell me if I asked you, how do you know you're saved? You could tell me doctrinally from the Bible, and that's important. Don't misunderstand me. That's important. That's good. That's the basis of our faith. But he says here, he didn't say, he said, we know that we're children of God because we have right theology, did he? Oh, we got doctrine. He said, the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit, the inner man. He said, that's how we know we're children of God. I said, that's how we know we're children of God. You know, the devil can quote Scripture. If you don't believe that, go back over to the temptation of Christ. He quoted Scripture just about that whole temptation. He, all he did was quote Scripture. Took it out of context and misapplied it, but he can quote it. But see, we have something. We have the Scriptures, yes, not belittling that. But we also have something what that's experiential. We know by the witness of the Spirit that I belong to God. God's my Father. I'm His child. I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. I've got the witness of the Spirit on the inside of me. Amen? Amen. And then, you know, we sometimes we refer to that too, sometimes as this still small voice, you know, on the inside of us. You remember the prophet, you know, Elijah, he was out there, you know, and the, the earthquake came and the, the great wind came and all these big things. See, a lot of times that's, that's why, how most Christians are. If they believe in the supernatural, they think that's how the supernatural is all the time. You know, if we, if we come to church and, you know, and everybody's not jumping the chairs and we had, you know, six visions and, and, and you know, and 13 prophecies and nothing supernatural happened. But it says that the earthquake came. God wasn't in the earthquake. It said the mighty, the wind came, the great wind came. He wasn't in the wind. But then it says he heard a still, small voice. Many times that's how God leads. On the inside. I said on the inside. Jesus said, out of your innermost being, if you really look at the, at, the, at the Greek there, he said, out of your belly. You say, well, we don't say that in church. Well, we do in this church. <laughs> out of your innermost being, out of your belly, flows what? Will flow what? Rivers of living water. That's your spirit. That's where the Holy Spirit is. That's where the witness is, and that's where the still small, still small voice is. And it takes practice and time to hear Him. Most of us are too busy. We'll talk about that in a moment. So the witness of the Spirit. Then there are times when God will speak to us, what? Through dreams and visions. Amen? Look over in Joel chapter 2. <clears throat> Joel chapter 2, let me find it over here, it's over here where pages stick together, 
Isn't that right? Joel 2. I'm going to read it to you. Verse 28. Joel is prophesying about the days we're living in because we know this on the day of Pentecost. Peter quoted this, didn't he? After the Holy Spirit came on them, and they all began to speak in other tongues, and people also thought they were drunk. And he said, we're not drunk. <laughs> not, not like you think. He said, this is that which the, the, the prophet Joel prophesied. Well, if it was true in Peter's day, it's certainly true now, isn't it? And he said this, he said, afterwards I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Are you a people? Are you God's people? Well, then that's you. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. See, I'm moving into the dream stage. Your young men will see visions. <laughs> Amen? So dreams and visions are one of the ways that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. Dr. Cho, who built one of the great churches in the world, one of the largest churches, great church there in Seoul, Korea, he said that dreams and vision, he said that's the language of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly right because that's what this, the Scriptures teach us. I mean, you th- look at the Apostle Paul. Acts 16, you can read it over there sometime. But, you know, they were getting ready. You know, he was obeying what God had told him. God said, I'm sending you to the Gentiles. So Paul went. Remember what we said, a moving car is easier to steer, isn't it? He tried to go into Asia. The Spirit said, nope. He tried to go over here. The Spirit said, nope. And then it says at night, he said he had a night vision or dream where he saw, you know, the man from Macedonia. You know the Scripture. And he said, come over here and help us. And he said, immediately we knew that's where the Lord wanted us to go. Now, see, if you have, you tell some people, even spirit-filled Christians, that you had a, had a dream about something, they say, well, that's probably just that pizza you had. And sometimes it is. But listen, at the same time, we need to be open that God's going to speak to us. I mean, if you, you, you need God to speak to you in your life. I mean, you, you, even today, you could, yeah. Well, if that's true, then... If God says this is the way He's going to speak to us, rather than doubting it, shouldn't we, when, when we have a, a, a dream or our inward vision or a vision that God gives us, shouldn't we at least, at least take the Scriptures and at least look at it and see, this may be the Holy Spirit. It might not be, but it may be. Because He certainly said this is the way He'll speak to us, but yet we want Him to speak every other way. Write it up in the sky. Have Brother Copeland call me at 11 o'clock at night. And all the time, he's, he's trying to, he's trying, hey. Now, I've never had him call me this, but I heard Brother Hagin say he called him dummy one time. Now, take it up with Brother Hagin when you get to heaven. <laughs> you know, because, you know, he was learning like, you know, some of us, we're learning, and he said, hey, dummy. I mean, sometimes we are a dummy, aren't we? We're not dumb, but we act like a dummy sometimes. Maybe not you. So dreams and visions, we can see that throughout the Scriptures. Uh, Acts 16, you can see it there. You know, and, and, you know, and some people say, well, that, yeah, but now that was the Apostle Paul. Well, how about Acts chapter 9? Ananias. Remember Ananias? That, that went and laid hands on Paul. Remember that? It says, the Lord appeared to him in a vision. Well, he wasn't an apostle. Well, that blows that theory out. It says he was a certain disciple. Well, you're a certain disciple, aren't you? It says the Holy God spoke to him in a vision. He said, he, said, he, he, even, he even gave the address where Paul was saying. He said, go to this address. There's a, uh, there's a man there named Paul who's a chosen vessel. I appeared to him on the way, and I've told him that you're coming to lay hands on him, that his eyes may be open, and he might be filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo! Remember when uh, Peter was up on the rooftop? He was praying. It was about the noon hour. He's getting ready to go in and eat something. And it says what? He fell into a trance, didn't he? And then later on, at the end of that, he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. He said, there, there, he said, there's some men below at the door. He said, they've come seeking you. He said, go with them, nothing doubting. You say, yeah, but that was, listen, God wants to use you. God wants to speak to you. And here's the thing. I believe this. God's speaking. We're just not hearing. 
See, a lot of times we're saying, oh, God, speak, oh, God, speak. And God said, oh, Nars here, oh, Nars here. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> you know, we're, pr we're praying the wrong thing sometimes, isn't it? Of course, we know that God speaks to us from the Word of God, doesn't He? You, if you, now, of course, if you're not in it, He's not speaking to you. Amen? <laughs> you know, if the book's like this all the time, What's the Holy Ghost Spirit? He might speak to me, bonded leather. <laughs> Holy Bible. NIV. Come on. No, we have to open the book. If we don't open the book, he can't speak to us, can he? Now, Cindy's bilingual. She's, she speaks English and Spanish wonderfully fluently she teaches it too but you know if you go somewhere and you don't know spanish and they're talking spanish to you they may be telling you some wonderful things they may be telling you i'm about to give you a million dollars if you just come over here but you don't speak the language you ain't got to go you just go and then get back in your car and go home broke busted and disgusted and they just got through telling you come over here the Holy Spirit is trying to direct us. We're like, oh, man, why is life so hard? Why is it so difficult? Why, why don't God do God said, boy, <laughs> I'm trying to talk to you. But you've got to speak the language. See, you need to be biblically literate. <laughs> for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. To some degree, you got to be biblical. You don't have to know everything. But you need to be in the book. And as you're reading it, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will just go, bam, that's you. That's for you right now. Amen? Now, all the promises of God belong to us, don't they? And by faith, you can take them, and, and, and you should. But there are times when the Holy Spirit just, man, He just reveals something to you, and you're like, wow. Did you know that that's how we got the Bible to begin with? Hello, it is. Paul said, he said, the gospel I'm preaching, which is also written here, most of it by Paul. He said, I didn't receive it from Peter and them up at Jerusalem. He said, I didn't go to find some guru on a mountain somewhere and they revealed it to me. He said, it was a revelation by the Spirit of Christ. That's how you got your Bible. You say it's infallible. It is, isn't it? It's God's Word. Well, did God all of a sudden said everything He wanted to say and He don't need to say anything else? <laughs> no. God's got a plan for your life. He wants to talk to you. He wants to lead you. But listen, you've got to be open to it. Now, real quickly, how do we cultivate a relationship with Him? Because unless you do this, all this is just going to be something that's just going to excite you for a moment. And it might... You know, pique your curiosity, but it will never be a reality unless you do something with it. Now, let me, this, this is not conclusive, but let me get you started here. We have to cultivate a relationship with Him. That means we've got to become sensitive to His leading and His voice. There's a word, I love this word over in the Hebrew, yada, not Yoda, yada. <laughs> yada. And it literally means an encounter with God. It's translated no, K-N-O-W. One of the places where it's this word yada is used and translated no or new is uh, in the King James where it says, and Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived and brought forth the son. Yada. So we, we need some yada time. Not Yoda time, yada time. We need some time with God this really uh, is, in, in the Hebrew culture, especially uh, in, in, in ancient times, this is how the Hebrew, the, the patriarchs, the fathers, this is the word that, that is used when they had an encounter with God. When Abraham had an encounter with God around the altar, the word there is yada. And out of that encounter came experiential knowledge. 
How do I know God? Well, I know God because of Scripture. That's my foundation. But I also know God by what? Experience. I know what God wants for my life. I know what God's plan is for my life. I know where I'm supposed to go. I believe this with all my heart that our assignment, we'll find this out, it's geographical. Amen. It has to do with the seeds in our life. It has to do with God's will for our life. But you know, most of us, we live out of our reason. We, I mean, we got our career. I mean, that's it. God ain't going to tell me to quit this good job. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, God ain't going to tell me to move over here somewhere when I, I mean, this house is almost paid for. Come on. Boy, I'm telling you, reason can rob you. You have to be careful. I'm not asking, saying acting stupid, but I'm going to tell you what. The Holy Spirit, you know. He wants to speak to you. God wants to lead you. God wants to guide you. There's going to be some yada times. But listen, if you're not spending time with Him, you won't have a yada. Yeah, it's good, brother. Mike said you'll have a nada. <laughs> That's good. That's right. Nada is nothing. If you... That's true. But we, He wants us to spend time with Him. See, and this is why it's so important to cultivate that relationship with him, so He can speak to you, so He can show you about things to come. You know, a lot of things that catch us off guard, uh, you know, they wouldn't have if we'd have been more, more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, spent more time to Him, listened to Him, and then when He spoke, dared to believe Him. Dared to believe that God knew what He's talking about. <laughs> All right, how do we do, do this yada time with him real quickly? First of all, is prayer. Prayer. And prayer is, listen, elevate yourself from the kindergarten of prayer. Kindergarten of prayer is where we do all the talking. I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. That, that has its place. But we need to elevate a relationship. How would you like to have, you know, your best friend to be someone that you could never get a word in edgewise? Hello? <laughs> and they kept showing up at your house. I mean, as soon as you got off work, they're there. And they just talk, 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 till you finally go to bed. Ah. <sighs> Well, you know, what do you think the Holy Spirit feels? It, we don't let Him get a word in edgewise. And we call that prayer. Prayer is also listening. Psalm 46 says, 10 says, Be still, be quiet, and know that I'm God. He didn't say, Be talkative and know that I'm God. See, there are times when we just need to get quiet. Just need to wait on God. You know, I'd like to do this sometime. I'd like to just come in church, you know, and we worship. And then, you know, without telling anybody, nobody do anything. Minute go by. Everybody. Two minutes go by. Everybody wondering? When's Andre going to do something? Yeah, we, we don't, we, I mean, of all places that we should learn to be quiet at times during our, our worship and prayer times in church. But I'm guaranteed, if we were to wait, and listen, if it was five minutes, oh my goodness. You know, and part of that is, that's, that's the way our culture has trained us, so isn't it? We're in a hurry. We don't have, we, don't, don't ask me to focus longer than a minute, Pastor. See, I got six minutes before you all turn into pumpkins. <laughs> we, we are, we're in a hurry, aren't we? I understand that. And, and, you know, and because the pace of life is so quick, when we, when, we, when we get with God, God says, hey, buddy, it's on my time, not yours. See, we want God to, yeah, we want, you know, we want to pencil God in here on our schedule. God, that's not the way it works, buddy. So prayer, prayer doesn't mean just yelling at God. It means being, being quiet, listening, listening. Let God speak to you. Sometimes the way the Holy Spirit will speak to me as I wait that time, he, He'll speak to me a scripture. Man, I'll turn over there and I think, that's it. Man, I got it. 
And I hold on to that thing. And I do battle with it. Come on. I got me a rhema. A word spoke by the Holy Spirit, you know. The Bible says that, uh, you know, word in due season is like apples of gold in frames of silver. Oh, it's beautiful. Man, I got it. Man, I got, man, and I go into that battle, and now I got me a, I got something the Holy Ghost. It, you know, I didn't just pick it out of, you know, I didn't just, you know, Bible Ouija it. I got something, man, the Holy Ghost gave me. Prayer. Okay. And, and really, these two, I separated these two, but to me, they're the same, is worship. Listen, we need to be worshipers. Not just Sunday morning. Come on. I'm going to tell you something. If we would become worshipers during the week, it would transform worship on Sunday morning. You would think you got the most anointed worship team. You'd be saying, what happened to them? And all along, it'd be, what happened to you? Come on. I mean, they get up here and they want to worship, and there's three people out here. That tells us, come on, that tells us where worship is for us. Yes, I'm the pastor. Sometimes I get after you. But that's, that tells us how important worship is. Well, you know, as long as I get there in time for the preaching, well, you've missed a big part of the service. Yeah, to me, you've missed one of the most important times. Because in worship, we can have a yada experience with the Holy Spirit. And during worship, I mean, I come into the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I can worship Him in spirit and in truth. And He can download something into me that I need. Man, I, I, maybe we should rotate, you know. And everybody has to... Do a worship service. And we're going to have you come up here and lead it, and there's going to be two people out here. And just about the time you're through leading it, you know, the place will fill up. Listen, listen, hey, listen, I'm saying this to help you. I'm saying this to help you. You want to know the Holy Spirit? You're going to have to be a worshiper. You're going to have to get in His presence. You're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit. You've got to get in a position to hear. And not just here on Sundays. During the week. You know, spend some time. Get in your closet. You're better. Wherever you get. Get somewhere and just get quiet long enough and just worship God. And then just get still and just don't say anything and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to witness to you, to speak a scripture to you. There might be different ways that He'll speak to you. Sometimes you just feel the fresh presence and oil of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 92, 10, He said, you will anoint me with fresh oil. Oh, man, some of you, your skin is so dry. And I ain't just talking about that skin on the outside. You need some oil, honey. <laughs> The Word, of course, we know the Word. We need, isn't that right? That's the language I already spoke about that. And then again, just to, to reiterate this, quietness. It's, you know, until you practice it, when you first start out, getting quiet is hard. Like I said a minute ago, just, I just come into church and just, just there'd be a five-minute quietness. I mean, Everybody start getting antsy and looking around and wondering, you know, who forgot what and is there a problem? And come on, getting quiet, listening. Jesus said, "My sheep can know my voice." And if we want to unravel the mystery of life, the mystery of our life, you're going to have to have the Holy Spirit to do it. Let me read you one more scripture, and then we're going to pray. Let me see over here. 1 Corinthians 2. Now, this is extra. It's not on the list, so they won't put it up probably. Listen to this. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, He says, you're not going to find it out by the eye. 
Because he said, no, I've seen it. You're not going to find it out by the hearing with this natural ear. He said, no ears heard it. He said, no human mind has conceived it. He said, these are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. You won't find it on CNN or CBS or a. AP or and you know nothing wrong with keeping up with current events I do that but I want to tell you what that that's not my focus man I want I want to hear what the Holy Spirit says well you're a preacher well I did this before I knew I was a preacher <laughs> amen you know this is you know by doing this this is how I met Cindy Holy Spirit says uh, go to Bolivia. Bolivia, where? Bolivia, what? <laughs> Where's that? I mean, you know, I'd never been out of the country, let alone Bolivia. I mean, my first trip out of the country, I thought at least I'd go somewhere cool, like, you know, Switzerland or somewhere. But there were other things, too. But that's where I met her. So what if I hadn't done that? Wouldn't have been good. <laughs> you see, what I'm saying is you, you don't know. The things that the Holy Spirit has for you until what? You hear what He has to say. Now, real quickly, action points. Let me ask you a question. You just answer this to yourself. Do you believe, truly believe, in the supernatural of Christianity? Is it more than just coming to church? Is it more than just hearing some messages? Is there a supernatural aspect? Is there, is there a God aspect to this life we call Christianity? Do you believe you can hear His voice? Little old you. Just you, not a preacher, not a prophet, not an apostle, not this, not that. Not. Stop talking about what you're not and look at what you are. You're a child of God. You're His sheep. You can know His voice. And then lastly, begin to purposely cultivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? You know, I mentioned this, this relationship with the Holy Spirit that's so vital. It's so absolutely necessary for us to live the abundant life Jesus said is God's plan for us it's his purpose for us God God wants you to know him he wants you to know his voice he wants you to have a relationship with him he wants to, us to go through life with the greatest companion the greatest friend that any man or woman could ever have God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit but it begins with something called the new birth. The Bible says that every one of us, all humanity, was born into sin. You know, there's none righteous, no, not one. Not the preacher, not, not the apostle, not the pope, not anybody is born righteous. We're born in sin. But Jesus came. He went to a place called Calvary. He died on the cross. He shed his blood, the Bible says, for what? the remission of our sins. He shed His blood so that our sins could be forgiven, could be wiped out, and that we could become <clears throat> a child of God in relationship with God. And he said it's very simple. We must put our faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Believe that He did go to Calvary. He died for me. God raised Him from the dead. And the Bible says if we will believe that and just confess to God, to God, I want you to be my Savior. Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to save me and forgive me of my sins. That simple act of faith begins the relationship that we're talking about here. And the Bible says that we will be made a brand new person in Christ and that the Holy Spirit will come to dwell in you, to be your guide, to be your teacher, to reveal God's plan and purpose for your life. If you've never done that this morning, I want to give an opportunity before we pray about anything else. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, but you say, Pastor, I, I want to make Jesus Lord. If you just raise your hand, I'm not going to ask you to do anything, but I want to know who I'm praying for. So if you just put your hand up anywhere in the auditorium. Just give you a moment here. 30 seconds of silence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you speak to hearts now of those 
who are your children. And Lord, once again, draw us. Draw us to that place of fellowship, of intimacy with you. Draw us to that place of a relationship with you that we might know the things you prepared for us, that you, we might live the life that you've called us to live, not the one we've chosen, but the one you've chosen for us, that we might glorify you in all that we do. Father, I pray for sensitivity of heart and spirit for your people, that they will begin to cultivate this relationship and they will hear your voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. We thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Just before Pastor Walt comes, I want us to pray over our prayer request. These are family members, neighbors, co-workers. This is part of our household, our oikos. Remember, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and your household will be saved. You know, Easter's coming up before long. Many of these will come because of Easter. They will come at Easter time. That's going to be God's opportunity to draw them in. But, you know, in the meantime, we're going to cover them in prayer. Amen. So just agree with me. I'm just going to real briefly pray right here and agree in prayer for these right here. Amen. Thank you. Yes. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus. We stand in agreement over these family members, Father, friends, neighbors, co-workers. Father, they're in our world. They're part of our household, as it were. And Father, we believe for their salvation in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you're opening their hearts to the gospel. Father, that you're drawing them. You send labors by their path, O oh God. Father, we claim their salvation. Father, even at Easter time, Lord, as we invite our family members here, we're believing for a mighty end gathering by your Spirit. God, you're not willing that they should perish, and neither are we. And we agree together now for their salvation and their deliverance. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.